Welcome to the Genio Accountants Podcast with Genio Jezza. Say hello, mate. Hello, mate. There he is. <laughs> and me, Zoe Hansen. In this episode, we're going to tell you the best way to set up your new business. So imagine I've got a startup business, Jezza. Yep. How am I going to set that up? So there's two main ways of doing it. Um, first is a sole trader, or you could consider a limited company. But so first of all, let's go sole trader. Yep. So you're on your own, you've got your new business, uh, you're not sure what to do. The first thing you do is register yourself with HMRC. Okay. Uh, it's quite easy to do on the government gateway. Basically, you're telling HMRC that you have started your own business. So you register with HMRC. Do you have to give them a name of your business and all that? Well, as a sole trader, it's you, so it's your name. But okay. yes, you can have a business name. So you'd be trading as, or you'd, yeah, you'd have a, whatever your business is called. Then what's the next step? Yeah, so once you're registered with HMRC, you'd, you'd get your tax reference. Then you need to start thinking about your accounts. Everybody has to keep their own books and records. Uh, we recommend that people use uh, online accounts, uh, zero or Sage, maybe, but zero preferably. Uh, from next year, you're going to have to start doing it on digitally anyway. So you might as well get, get used to it, get used to zero. Uh, making tax digital is coming in for self-employed individuals, which means you're going to have to report or declare your earnings every quarter. So what does Zero do or Sage or whichever accounting software you're using? Yeah, so Zero or any account online accounts package basically keeps your books and records. So you do invoicing on it, connect your bank in it, just records all your transactions, makes it easier to do your accounts rather than a bag of receipts end of year or a spreadsheet or things like that. It's just Have you not seen the way. my accounts yeah, before? Yeah, I, so. I think we talked about it. <laughs> it? Yeah. A bag of uh, receipts, yeah. yes. We, yeah, we used to get those. People come with a shoebox full of receipts. We don't want that anymore. <laughs> You shouldn't be doing it. So. so you've registered with HMRC. You've got your online accounting software. Yeah. Then what? Well, then you do your business. You should be keeping track of basically all your, yeah, so all your, all your expenses. If you use Zero, for example, you can take photos of receipts. You don't need to keep paper copies anymore. That's a big saving, really, in, in, in all that. Having online accounts also means that you are keeping track of your profits, so your, your income expenditure, so you know how well you're doing throughout the year. This helps for two reasons, tax planning, but also if you're earning too much, uh, you might want to think about becoming a limited company, which okay. we can cover later. But we had a story with a builder who uh, basically didn't keep track of his accounts. Came to us end of year, we did all the accounts, he should have registered. Because he'd earned too much, we had to go back and back register. And it's all just a big shock. So not being aware of what's going on in your business can be a shock. So he comes to you with a bag of receipts. Yep. The shoebox of receipts, right? Loved it, yep. Um, and how much had he earned? Well, he thought he was under the VAT limit, but he wasn't. He'd gone over. So it's about 120 grand, which is quite significant. But he'd also spent a lot of money out. So whilst he didn't think he'd made that much money, he'd gone over the VAT threshold. So we had to go back and notify HMRC that he'd gone over the limit and had to uh, register him for VAT as well, which is yeah, a bit of a pain for him, but it's, it's a legal requirement. If, you, if your turnover is more than 84,000, then you have to register for VAT. You've got no choice in it. Okay. And that's it. And if you don't, if you don't know how, what your sales are, so if you're not keeping track of your sales, you wouldn't know. And this is the this is the problem. So, so you've said about the builder that earned over the VAT threshold. When should you stay as a sole trader then? Because I'm just starting up this business, right? Yeah. Well, you're not going to know. I mean, see how business is going first. So it's a common way to start your business as a sole trader. Yeah. And as it gets more successful, if you are, I think if your profits around thirty to thirty five k from a tax point of view, it's worth considering a limited company, just purely because. Of the tax savings and, well, the national insurance savings that you would have. And under 30k? Under 30k for tax reasons, say as a sole trader, yeah. There's other reasons to consider having an IMS company again. We can cover that later. But yeah, generally that would be the, the cut-off point, I'd say 30, 35k. 
So I've got my online accounts. I've registered with HMRC. What else do I need to keep track of? One of the disadvantages, I think, from being a sole trader is that effectively in the first year you're paying your tax for that year, but also your uh, assumed tax for next year. HMRC want their money in advance. Oh. So that's called payments on account. You may have heard of those. So you pay, if you, let's say you had a five grand tax bill this year, you pay five grand for your last year's tax bill, but you also pay two and a half grand to half of that again in advance of next year okay. in January. And then again in July, you pay it again. So in that first year of accounts doing tax, you'd have paid 10 grand. Ooh. Five grand for your current tax, five grand for future tax. But you have so paid that on account. You've paid so... it on account. So, but it's that first year shock. It's a big shock when we get people who set their first business up and they're not. They're obviously they're expecting a tax bill, but not to pay two years in one year is is yeah. That's always harsh a shock. as well because it's the first year of your business. Yeah. So you're like, okay, well, I've got all of these outgoings already. Yeah. Because I've set up a business and now you want double the tax out of well, me. Well, HMRC wants in advance. They just want it. They want it in their bank rather than <laughs> yours, basically. That's the idea. So that's definitely a big thing to consider. And that is paid in January and July, right? Yeah. So your tax bill is always due 31st of Jan or by the 31st of Jan, uh, where you pay, as I say, your, your full years and then half of next year is on January. And then in July of the following year, you pay the the final 50%. So as well as the January and July payments, there's always a big sort of push in like advertising. You you hear it on the radio, on the telly, whatever, about getting your books in, about doing your self-assessment and all of that in January. Is that another thing to consider? Hopefully not in January because that's when the deadline is. Oh, okay, right. So your tax year is to the 5th of April. Yes. You've got literally from April all the way through to January to do it. Uh, the earlier you do it, the more notice you've got of your tax bill to pay. Okay. So you could do it. We like to get all our tax returns done as early as possible. So if we did it in April, you've got nine months to save up, shall we say? Yeah. To, to consider paying your tax. So they are. So right. Do your self-assessment. Get your books in early. Do it early, 100%. And in fact, if you you should really be talking to your accountant before so that if there's any tax tips, any things they can tax savings, we can get them in before the year end. So you said there are two ways that you can set up as a new business. The second one being setting up as a limited company. Tell us about that and what's the difference? So fundamentally, I mean, your business is still your business. So it's the same thing. But being a limited company would just mean that it's a separate entity. Uh, It means that if anything were to go wrong, uh, you wouldn't be personally liable. So your personal assets are protected. That's in in the event of business failure, that is, which obviously we don't want to happen. So it just covers you so that, yeah, your personal assets aren't at risk. So as a sole trader, if you go bust, they could take your house. Yeah, because it's you. Yeah. And then as a limited company, they couldn't. No, they couldn't. That's the basics, right? Fundamentally, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Any other difference with having a limited company as opposed to a sole trader? Yeah, quite a few. I mean, the main one would be tax rates. Corporation tax is currently 19%. Um, As a sole trader, it's 20%. And you've got 9% national insurance as well. So the main saving there as limited company is the national insurance. Okay. That doesn't mean you're not contributing. Yeah. Uh, You can still uh, qualify for national insurance, even if you just pay yourself on the level, which means you're still qualify for uh, state benefits, pensions, all those sort of things that you need it. Yeah, you've got to pay your national insurance. You pay a little bit. I mean, you do, yeah, we always try and make our clients pay a little bit just to contribute into it, but it's still a tax saving. That's the idea. My parents still say to me, have you paid your stamp? Paid your stamp, that's the one, yeah, (laughs) still. And we still check, so we can check uh, on your your tax gateway if you've actually uh, had enough. So if there's gaps in your national insurance contributions, we can check that. If there are gaps on national insurance, mm-hmm. is there any way that you can catch that up? Or is it, okay, you've missed that payment 
three years ago so that's that gone no you can do a voluntary contribution and it's really worth checking because it does affect your state pension when you if you come to retire if you've not done, if you've not contributed enough it's 35 years you have to do 35 stamps should we say i think is the old way, old way of saying right. it so it's worth definitely checking if you're not sure definitely have a quick look on your government gateway it can show you so also with a limited company it just sets yourself up easier for growth i think as you establish your business at some point you're going to go limited if you've got if you if your business is successful so in my opinion you should probably start from day one as a limited company because it just makes it easier down the line there's also perceived respect for limited companies i think you're, you're assumed or you you, you you appear a bit bigger larger because it's not you it's not Jeremy Robbins accountants, it's it's a company behind that. And I, I think that the perceived respects of limited company is that it's, it, you just appear larger, I think, appear bigger. It's not you on your own. Yeah. Uh, even if it is, it just doesn't doesn't seem that way, does it? So. Yes, exactly. So, so when you're a sole trader, you know that it's you and you're self-employed yep. and all of that. Yep. When you're a limited company... You own a company. You, own a company you're you are a director. <laughs> you are a managing director, that's it. I will wow. never, ever, like, I remember registering a business as a limited company. I've been a sole trader for years and then got a limited company. And I said, I'm now MD. I'm a, I'm a director. I mean, there's no money in the bank, no. but I'm a director. Yeah. <laughs> So how do we go about setting up a limited company? Yeah, it's, uh, again, quite straightforward. Your company's house is the government website you've got to go to. You can set the company up. You've got to think of a company name. Right. Uh, can't be rude. There's a couple out there that test the water, shall we say, that are close. But go on. Can I say it, really? Yeah, yeah of course. Well, there's a great local company, which I really like the name of. They do shoes, and they're called Our Souls. And it is literally <laughs> our... And it's, I don't know how they got away with it, but it's one of those, it's a, yeah, shout out to that company. Good free advertising there, isn't it? But and it's a great it's name a, it's a for great a shoe name company. It's, it's one I've looked at for a long time and thought, yeah, it's, it's just, I just imagine them picking up the phone. <laughs> Good morning, arseholes. <laughs> so uh, it's just my childish humour, I think, that, that keeps that funny. Um, so it can't be rude. Can't be rude. And the other important thing is, which we came across, and I didn't know this, was that you can't have the word king in it or oh. anything about the war family. Uh, we had a company where they did uh, bulldogs and they called it King Kind, I think it was. And we had to get permission from the crown <gasps> to make sure it wasn't yeah, affecting the King of England or something. And that was crazy, really, having to, having to get permission from the crown to use a name for a bulldog company. But it's That's yeah. interesting because my friend has a company called Silent Disco King. Yeah. So I wonder if he had to speak to Buckingham Palace to somewhere get the, the rights to think, it. Yeah, somewhere along the lines, when you set it up, it's not the Queen doesn't phone you up. Um, yeah. <laughs> or uh, Prince William. It's but the, you get an email back to say actually, can we just you, can we check what you're doing? There's a bit more of a thorough check there. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Other than that, if you've got a normal company name, you just choose your name. It's important to do that because I think you, with your branding, it's important to get the name right from the start. Yes. Although you can change your name as a company, it's just better to try and get it right. So. Can you register a name that's already been taken? Not if it's still trading. If it's dissolved, so if the company's liquidated and stopped, yes, you can. Uh, I was thinking again, of setting up somewhere called McDonald's. <laughs> you can't do that, no, you can't. Uh, there'll be copyright on it anyway, and, tra- okay. and trademarks and things. But if, if a company is dissolved and you want to use their name, you can do. Okay. In fact, you can check on Companies House before, so there's a, a name checker. So you can put the name in and it'll tell you if you're allowed it or not. The one disadvantage I suspect of using a dissolved company is that it's just, there might be some negative press. Okay. Could be years ago. Could be a long time ago. But if you do a Google search, people wouldn't know. Don't set up a company called Ratners. Nope, definitely uh, Probably, no, no yeah. you, you might get a little bit of, uh, yeah, yeah, feedback yeah. from that. Not a good idea. So we've set up the name on Companies House. We've set up as a limited company. What happens then? I've been made a director 
but what happens? Because I don't really know what a director does or gets from it. So, yeah, director is responsible for running the company, but it's uh, also when setting up the company, you've got shareholders. So those are the people who own the business. So generally, if it's husband and wife, let's say, small company, we would recommend there's different shareholders, so 50-50. Reasons for that would be that um, you can do different dividend rates. So if one person's earning more money, you can pay less dividends, things like that. And it's only the shareholders that get the dividends. A really popular misconception is that as directors, you get dividends as well. You don't. So the directors run the company okay. on behalf of the shareholders. Now, 95% of the businesses are directors and shareholders, the same person. But if you think of Tesco, for example, it's the directors of Tesco run it. And yep. Their profits are paid to the shareholders. So it's not to the directors. But maybe there's a lot of businesses that will set up as, you know, a sole trader, then become a limited company. Yep. They're not as big as Tesco. They're not, no. So so if it was just one person, maybe they haven't got a husband or a wife or whatever, yep. what would you say to them? Would you say to them to bring in a different shareholder? No, not really, because again, they're going to own the company or a part of the company. So it has been a risk in the past where we've seen brothers, for example, two brothers own a company and what they just fall out. Okay. So then it's a right issue because you've got 50-50 and if you're not working together, you don't get on with each other. So the first thing would be to make sure you get on with your other shareholder definitely there's a whole legal thing around you can have shareholders agreements which again we would recommend if you have got different shareholders just from the start makes people aware of what they can and can't do with those shares but if it's just you so you're on your own you have 100 percent of the shares you get all the dividends a dividend is, is a again a tricky one it's a distribution of profits so you make your money you make your profit you pay corporation tax whatever's left you can take as a dividend so, so can you only take that after you've paid your corporation tax because you don't pay corporation tax for a long while once you've set up as a limited company do you well you can still vote dividends but again having your accounts up to date means that you know what your tax charge is going to be you know what dividends you can take and and again we've seen it in the past where people have taken too much out okay it comes to the year-end accounts and there's not enough there to cover what they've taken out and there's a whole different sort of set of rules for that so the best thing to do i would suppose is come and see you or a another accountant and get this thing sorted so you know sort of okay this is how much i'm bringing in this is how much i'd like to take out how much do you think my tax will be yeah that forms part of our general tax planning is that we talk to our clients about what their accounts are showing how much they're taking out if they're taking too much out throughout the year we can see it as well uh using say using online accounts means we can do that quickly we, you can't do it with the shoebox you can't right. do it. You can't do it. And, as a, and do you ring them and say, right, stop, stop. taking money? Um, well, yeah, we have to tell. Not, you can't tell them to stop taking money. It's their money at the end of the day or the company's money. But you've got to just warn them of, of what can happen what, what, if they're taking too much out. Okay. Yeah, so back to the point on paying tax. We talked about as a sole trader, you pay effectively two years tax in the first year. As a limited company, you don't. And it's, it's a lot different. You pay corporation tax at 19%. You pay that nine months after your year end. So if, if your company year finishes in December... You get your accounts done, you get your tax return submitted. You don't pay that tax return until nine months after that. Okay. So that'd be 1st of October, that would be. Uh, you pay your corporation tax then. And you're just, you're just paying that. So you're not paying in advance. Okay. None of that rubbish. So, so 21 months after you've started the company, yep. that is when you will pay your first corporation tax bill. Yeah, that's it. So let's say we start our company in March. Yeah. Let's say we start today, March 22. Your year end would be March 23. 2023 and then you would not pay tax then until 1st of January 2024 so it's quite a long time to get your accounts up and running and to save up knowing that you've got this corporation tax bill coming right yeah that's the idea yeah yeah and if you're doing that you so you, you will have a small personal tax charge on your dividends but it'll be a lot less than it would be if you were sole trader your main saving there is the national insurance because say national insurance you pay nine percent 
as a limited company, there's no national insurance. So that's huge. So you pay voluntary? No, you pay yourself um, a salary up to the level of the national insurance limit, which means you still qualify. You pay a little bit of national insurance, but you still, you still qualify. You talked earlier about the state benefits or you stamp. That's, yes. That's, you're still stamped. So I've set up as a limited company. What do I need to keep track of? I'm not keeping things in a shoebox anymore. Not, no. What am I doing? It's very similar. You've still got to keep your records. So your books and records, if, if you want to file them, you can, but we ask our clients if they can to... If they're using online accounts to take a photo of it, attach it to the to the transaction there. So it means you haven't got to keep files anymore. Right. Files so and files and files. And, anything yeah. coming in, anything going out, all goes on the same sort of app, is it? Can yeah, we you use Zero or Sage? You can, all of them have like mobile phone. All, you can use money phone, so you take a photo and things like that. Um, you have to keep your records legally for six years anyway. So if you want to keep paper copies, you can do. And we see people keeping boxes in the garage. Uh, if HMRC need need to have a look, want to have a look, they can do it. They're, they're, they're getting away with that, or getting around that now, I should say, by this making tax digital means that they don't want to come and see your dusty box of records in the office. They want to see it alive. Basically. Right. When you submit the accounts or the VAT return, they, they can, if they want to, look at the transactions. So when does making tax digital come in for sole traders? So for sole traders, it comes in on the 6th of April 2024. So we've got a couple of years to, to prepare yourself for it. Um, the main difference is that, well, HMRC are doing it to make, or they're assuming it, to make it easier for businesses and individuals to um, do their accounts and tax. The main difference is that you're going to have to do it every quarter. So okay. at the moment, end of, you do your accounts end of year as yeah. a sole trader, and then you, you submit it for January. But making tax digital from 2024 will mean you've got to submit it every quarter, which is why it's imperative you've got to be on online digital accounts because... It'd be a nightmare without it. So, so Sage and Zero can live on your phone. You can put everything through there. That's invoices, that's receipts, that's yeah. everything. All your bank transactions, everything. So it's all on there. So actually, once a quarter, are you just passing that over to HMRC? Yeah. And I think okay. well, the, the, the biggest problem with the apps is that it's dead easy to do it yourself. It's really easy to do it yourself. And yeah. uh, QuickBooks advertise on TV. Yeah, do it yourself. Yeah. But it's not. You okay. can put it in. You can do the stuff. But we've seen people get it so wrong. Right. So you still, whilst you can do it yourself, you, you, want, you don't want to submit it incorrect. Yeah. So you would still want an accountant or someone a professional to look at it for you. We're still thinking about it for ourselves because where we used to do one tax return, charge one fee end of year, we've now got to do it four times a year. So we're trying to work out how we can get it in as a, as a value offering. Because if I've got to charge you 150 quid or 250 quid every quarter, yeah, that's a lot different from paying a tax return once at the end of the year. Of course. And that's so we've got to, so making it as easy as possible for people to do it to keep that cost down is, is, is crucial. And I think, yeah, having the online accounts is the only way to do it. So if it's online and if it's on an app on my phone, can I do it down the pub? Definitely. I mean, why, why would you? Yeah, hopefully not. You should be enjoying yourself down the pub. But when yeah. you first get to the pub, not like eight yeah. o'clock on a Friday. No, but it's, it's one thing. So we, you have got people who actually look at it and they, they, they not show it off, but it's like, this is cool. I'll take a photo of my bar bill, my receipt or my restaurant bill. There I go through my accounts. And that's it. It's done. So there are people who do that. So if you're filing accounts quarterly... How does that work out at the end of the year? Will the payments change as well? Not planned to at the moment, as we see it. It's just the case of HMRC want the information in advance. They want okay. to know what's going on uh, with your business. So there you go. If you're setting up a new business, come and talk to us. We're going to point you in the right direction. Thank you so much for listening to the Genio Accountants podcast. The Genio Accountants podcast is hosted and produced by The Podcast Lady. 